Chris Isaac looks like now. I, I I got no clue. Oh, I don't uh, think you have a clue who Chris Isaac is. No, I know who he is. Um, isn't he? He's he's really thin, dude. <laughs> Keep going. Um, <laughs> right? I think I'm thinking of the right person. Um. Gosh, now I can't remember, picture what his hair looks like. Oh, that's but, the most distinctive thing about him. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, he's doing a great job. Okay, so. it's black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on yeah. a beach. Piano. With uh, Helena, what's her name? The mm-hmm. Swedish model. Mm-hmm. And you're rolling around. Yeah. He's, really? And then you're, and then also you're sitting. How about Baby Did a Bad, Bad Thing? I, I can't picture it. Oh, my God. All right, we got to table this because we're talking about that second. Uh, but we will be back, okay. if I remember, to talk about that. All right. Right now, we're... Well, you're not having fun? No. Are you I'm... embarrassed that you don't remember what Chris Isaac looks like? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay. All right. This what, terrible, terrible radio. Yeah. But uh, if Stern can uh, do it, I, well, we can do it. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's actually just... Uh, let's let's throw it, give it to the robot. Give it to the robot? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Chris Isaac. Guess I don't have to yell. We'll get to that too. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah, he just looks like somebody's dad now. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. But he's got that like button nose, like a caricaturist was like, <laughs> I'm just kind of screwing around here. I'm going to, this is an ash can. I'm throwing this away. And then he's got the bouffant sort of hairdo because his whole oh, thing is, yeah. he was kind of out yeah. ahead of the, uh, He's a he's a style maker. He's out ahead of the um, the throwback to the fifties. The fifties uh, nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. Big bad voodoo daddy or squirrel nut zippers or whatever. Right, right. Well, I thought that was. <sighs> we more had nothing like, to worry about back then, and things got weird. I thought that was more like to the like the thirties or the forties. Or was it more like a like a Weimar Germany thing? Did we see maybe uh, even unconsciously the hammer coming down, and so we were just just going crazy and just I, doing all kinds of stuff. I got no clue. Uh, I'm a little swing dancing. Yeah, I know, right? With my best girl. Yeah, I know. Her bobby socks are in the shop. But... I, I Swing dancing was huge. It was <laughs> absolutely huge. I you mean, don't have I, to tell me. I know. For some reason, it, that was okay. That was okay for Christians to do. So Really? Yeah, ran into a lot of swing dancing. That's kind of surprising In to my me. time. Why, why is that okay, but other dancing isn't? Well, it wasn't... Um, God, we're going to talk about that, too. All right, let's just get to your dumb movie, and then we'll talk about mine. Whoa. Uh, it's co-videos. We're talking about films uh, for quarantinement, and we had brunch at a restaurant today, so I think we officially have to decide whether to rebrand or, or just or die. So that we'll, we'll table that. Okay. Uh, and stay six feet apart as we uh, think about uh, where we're going to go in the future for the show. But right now, we're watching films, both classic and modern. Yep. Neither of these really <laughs> fit that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk about it. Yeah. What was your f- movie that you picked? I picked a movie called The Rundown. Or Welcome to the Jungle, I found out, is the international title yep. for the film. Because the, a rundown in the UK means you hit somebody with your car. Oh. Well, I guess I can understand <laughs> why they would want to change that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, they changed that. Uh, in Europe, it's called that. And then it was originally supposed to be called... Hell Dorado. Oh my gosh. I'm kind of glad they changed that though. Um, um, they really doubled down on some of the themes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, I mean, that was the concept. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I get it. I uh, get that that's the concept. So 2003, it stars The Rock, mm-hmm. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who I think is just comfortable going by The Rock now, isn't I he? I think so. Yeah. He's just given up, and that's good. Uh, and also, uh, Sean William Scott. Remember him? Yep. yep. And Rosario Dawson and mm-hmm. Christopher Walken. Yes. Doing his best Christopher Walken impression. Which is fantastic. This is, we are at a high level of Walken in this film. Yeah, we're walking here. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, walking here. Um, Power, yeah. speed walking. So I picked this movie 
You actually, I don't remember what episode it was on, but we were doing a co- an episode of Covideos and you were telling me about it and you were telling me that I needed to see it. And no, I, I put I, it but on not my for list. this show, though. <laughs> oh, okay. I think you should go back to the uh, the AFI list or the IMDb. Oh, all right. Because, okay. uh, come on. All right. Uh, this movie was, uh, it's a universal picture, but it was uh, executive produced by Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will tell you what the movie is about, but I think it's interesting to note that the movie um, in the movie, The Rock's character has to do one last job. Yep. Which you uh, you want to talk about the one last job trope, and I won't take that away from you, so mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a little bit, uh, for his sh- shitty boss. Yeah. And uh, I think this is like The Rock doing <laughs> one last job for his shitty boss, right. Vince McMahon, in making this film. It was directed by Peter Berg. How can I help you? I got nothing. Peter Berg is... Um, He's never done anything good in his life, except maybe this. Okay. Uh, he was the star of Shocker. He's he's, ah. he's football practice. Okay. Remember Shocker? Um, no I'm, more Mr. Nice Guy. I remember Shocker, but it's like... He was the dorky kid who was the main character. Okay. Very bad actor. Learned that early on. Began directing movies. Or uh, if you like Friday Night Lights. He did the movie and then he uh, produced the TV show. Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, but other than that, nothing... He did a 30 for 30 on Wayne Gretzky and had to put himself in the thing, it's, which is just... Why do you do that? He's an egomaniac, and now he makes um, Mark Wahlberg, you know, Christian movies. He made the uh, Boston bombing movie. What? He made the Mile 22. That's the, you you be careful, bro, like that. I that, didn't... Yeah, so okay, he just... Maybe I'm not up on my Mark Wahlberg. I didn't know he was doing Christian films. Yeah, well, like inspirational, patriotic stuff. Okay. We'll be careful, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's what the rundown's about. The rundown uh, stars The Rock as Beck, yeah. who is an enforcer, a mob enforcer, but wants to be a chef. Yeah. He is tasked to do one last job mm-hmm. for his crappy boss, yeah. track down his boss's crappy son, who is somewhere in Brazil in a mining town. So The Rock, this is The Rock, uh, yeah, The Rock it. goes down there and thinks it's going to be easy. He's going to snatch and grab him. Turns out, not that easy. Christopher Walken is the guy that runs the mine, and he is you yep. know, working the townspeople to death. Mm-hmm. And uh, they both, the Rock meets uh, Rosario Dawson, who is a bartender, but is also the leader of the rebels yeah. by night. Sean William Scott is fancies himself in a, a Nathan Drake type adventurer, right? And he's looking for this thing called the Gato, yeah. which is this um, you know Mayan artifact or something like that. Gold I guess cat. it'd be Incan, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he, he wants it for fame and money, and uh, Rosario Dawson wants it because they can sell it and um, buy back the town, basically, and run uh, Christopher Walken out. Right. And hijinks ensue. Yeah, boy, do they. Lots of hijinks. Yeah. Monkey-related hijinks. Yes. Monkey well, shines, if you will. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you wanted to watch it. I did. Uh, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> What'd you think? It was okay. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's enjoyable, but it's not necess- I wouldn't call it like a good film necessarily. The uh, Rock had been in so many crappy movies that, and this one is uh, light. You know, it goes down really easy. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's a it's a fruity summer wine. Uh, <laughs> and I think I probably saw it like four times in the theater because I was so excited wow. that like The Rock was in something cool. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And then I owned it for a while on DVD. Uh, I don't know where it went. Uh, now I watch it and I'm like, yeah, this isn't that great. But no. it's got a lot of charm. It it does. It, ha- it has a lot of charm. You like uh, you like Beck. He's really funny. I think I'd seen clips of this or either that either I'd seen clips of this or you've told me about it because like um, so basically stuff goes wrong, right? Like he he he's going to take uh, Sean William Scott's character back um, to uh, to America and everything to his dad. Um, two options, option A, option B. Right, right. And um, on their way back to the airstrip, you know, as he's handcuffed, (laughs) Sean William Scott decides, screw this. And, like, they're on, like, like, you know, they're driving on some, like, mountain road. Jungle roads, yeah, Yeah. where there's a mountain on one side and a a cliff on the other. And a cliff with with water on the other side. So he decides he's just going to kick him as freaking hard as he can. And so he kicks him, and then not only does he go out of the car, the entire car rolls, and they both go out of the Jeep and are rolling for a very long time down this mountain. There's a scene in uh, Hot Rod, 
the uh, Lonely Lonely Island movie, yeah, where Andy Samberg's character, you know, is in the in the woods training, and then he falls down a thing, and he rolls comically down this this hill. You know, yeah, it just goes on and on. It's and that's like a world where you know that's not a real world. Ian McShane is like wrestling him and stuff. That this is about as long, and this is yeah. a plausibly real world, I think. Yes, <laughs> but I'm not 100 percent sure. Well, and then like. They finally land in the water, and as they are kind of, like, getching their breath, they see the car rolling towards I don't know how they went faster than the car. I don't either, but that was, like, what? Um, so it it's just a good gets... button. it's a good button for, yeah, for that scene. Yeah. it is. And, and it just, so then they're, like, without a car, and they're lost in the jungle. Like, neither of them really knows where they are, and it just gets worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean... Get out of here, monkey! I, I gotta say, for here, that monkey. part of it, I I like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, they're they're arguing in the woods, and like Sean William Scott has to pee. So <laughs> you threatened me. You threatened me with pee. Yeah. Right. And like, <laughs> he's trying to get the rock to unzip his pants because he can't. He can't do that. His hands are tied behind his back. Yeah. Um. And so he finally relents, and then he's like, "Oh, I can't get it out." And he was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." And somehow he's able to. <laughs> shake himself free and pee and while he's doing that the rock is walking around and he steps in a trap that um pull is like it's like a a rope that like pulls him up into the tree so he's hanging upside down um you know from a rope and then sean william scott like makes fun of him his keys fall out so he's able to unhook his hands and everything and then he gets caught in a trap (laughs) and then these very scary monkeys show up yeah. with really sharp fangs who apparently are very horny <laughs> and they're terrified. Um, and one of them jumps on them and starts humping the rock's face, <laughs> which is horrible. And then uh, the rebels show up and shoot a gun to scare the monkeys. The monkeys go away. Uh, they set them free. Sean William Scott's like, oh, no, no, I know these guys. They're my friends. Next thing we see, they're tied up against a tree, and Lorax like, "Oh, they're your friends, huh?" And <laughs> and then like, uh, it's it's relentless. It is. Yeah. And then Sean William Scott can speak Portuguese, but the Rock can't, so it's just it just gets worse and worse. Um, so that part of the film, I I liked. Um, I I think that uh, there were some parts of it that were charming, like Sean William Scott for some reason thinks he can take the Rock, like being like. it's not even like it's not even like he knows martial arts like he acts like he kind of does well he's like ooh, the thunder the lightning you know what i mean and he like shakes his hands or his legs and the rock's just like every he does this a couple times and every time he does it the rock's like what the heck do you think you're doing (laughs) yeah um so i like that too um i think that they played well off of each other um yeah it's uh, the rock is um He's he's a much better actor now. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, he's not bad in this, but there's mm-hmm. not a lot of like tonality and kind of layers to what he's doing. It's clear that he's just like, I'm I'm mad right now, or I'm I'm you know consternated over what's going on, right? Or like mm, I gotta do this and that, and he's got and he's surrounded by Sean William Scott and Rosario Dawson and all these like real deal actors who have much less to play than he does but they're they're playing it better and so he's not he's not bad but no. you know now he's in something and he he's still not uh, not super great but he's better yeah he's better in skyscraper for yeah. example right right but yeah it's uh it's it's crazy like and it's it's funny because the rock i feel could do you know like central intelligence i don't know how much money that movie made but i bet it did okay right and they'll definitely go see him in a in a car movie, mm. but they just were not coming out in two thousand three. This movie didn't do good, and mm. it cost eighty five million dollars to make. Whoa! Yeah, now, Why? Because they know went they to the shot jungle? in Brazil for yeah, something. Yeah, I bet that was a lot of it shooting on location. And they had a lot of cows or whatever. That's a lot of cows. That's a lot of cows. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know why it cost that much. So it made like eighty eighty million or so. I mean, if it had cost mm. half that, yeah, run right. down too, right? Right, right. But yeah, this was not. I don't know. There's four production companies, so maybe they were. Whoa! Maybe they that's were. That's a lot. Uh, well, one of them was WWE Films, of course. Oh so. yeah, right. Um, so that's uh, that's too bad. But I mean, this is like you know, up before this, he was in like you know, Doom or something like that, or 
or uh, get get shorty the sequel to get shorty get get uh, music uh, <laughs> get rhythm be cool was be that cool. it wow wow nice grab i don't know how i pulled that one out real elmore leonard fan over here not really uh, um, and he's in that and you know he, he's it just he's just cast for novelty you know mm-hmm. it's not but yeah he's this is like you can see you know an action star budding here and so could Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Because he agreed uh, to be in a cameo, which is just so weird. It was so weird. But it's you know it's like this torch passing where he goes into the yeah. movie or the club at the beginning of the movie, and Arnold's there. He's like, "Have fun." <laughs> was he like trying to shake down the kid before and then like gave up, or did he? Was it just purely? No, I think he had just been sent out to like to get this guy, and I, that was something else I liked about that scene too. I think that. Uh, and P- Berg has said this before. Like, he was offered this film. He had made one film before this, Very Bad Things, which is a very bad movie. Don't bother. Mm. Um, and he, like, I don't know. He, like, looked at other movies or something, and he's like, what, what do we even do? Like, everything has been done in an action movie. And I think that's a little, that's a little, like, presumptuous to yeah, say. Yeah. But he's not necessarily wrong. And so mm-hmm. that's why so many of the scenes in this movie just have weird... Um, elements to them and like out, they're trying to think outside the box and so we've seen a guy yeah. you know take on six guys in a club many times but I like the idea that Beck doesn't like I mean clearly he's a, an enforcer because the guy's 6'3 and he's you know 300 pounds or whatever but right. he doesn't like pushing people around he doesn't like he doesn't mean. like it and he does a really bad job of like kind of making it clear to this guy that owes money that he, he needs to you need to give me the ring as collateral and you need to come talk to my boss right but the guy's a quarterback, and his whole like defensive line or uh, offensive yes. line is with him. Yes. And so they go through, and the Rock's like, "This guy's, you know, Jonathan Tamalian or whatever." And he's like, "You know, all, all pro rusher." And he, we go through all the guys, and you see, "Okay, now we've buffed these guys up. Like these are tough guys." Mm-hmm. And then later on, when it becomes clear that he's going to have to like do some damage, he's telling his boss, "He's like." Are you sure there's no other way? You know, they have a great chance of repeating this I year. Know. I don't want to screw that up for them. Yeah. <laughs> just like little things like that. It just give it so much character. Or um bad example, uh the the henchman of of uh Christopher Walken. Yeah. Uh it doesn't have any in fact the copy that we watched, I thought he had a a final confrontation with uh Sean William Scott. I don't know if that was cut out or may, or if I'm just imagining it, because he just kind of disappears uh-huh. from the film. But like just the idea that like he's like you know he's the he's the number one guy for Christopher Walken, but he's like, you know, he gets his nose broken. Yes, and they, you know they they put that there just to make it like kind of funny, but they don't ever really do anything with it. Right, it doesn't um, really come back. Yeah, but Christopher Walken's like, uh, oh, they got my gato. <laughs> I feel like a little girl who's lost a tooth, and the tooth fairy's coming. <laughs> it's like what? I know. And like he's saying, do they understand this... what a tooth fairy is? Yeah, you know right. the concept of the tooth fairy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of things that like maybe we haven't seen before, that reminded me of. Um, I think why this came up while we were talking about Covidios, I can't remember what film it was, but it was the idea that like, um, you don't want him to use a gun. Because bad things happen yeah. when he uses a gun. So the entire film is like, I don't like guns. I don't want to use them. But like, they're getting their butts whooped, and Sean William Scott's probably going to die if he doesn't pick up a gun. So it's it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. So he finally does, and man, he kills a lot of people. And like, <laughs> and it's, it's and it's like two guns <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Yeah. It's crazy. Two big guns, and uh, you know that whole thing is is crazy. But 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 as part of that huge climactic fight scene um there are some guys so they're in this this mining town right yeah uh and there are some guys that are standing on um this roof of this one building that's like (laughs) over like an open porch or something like that yeah and the way that the rock deals with them is he literally goes underneath there and breaks the support beams. Well, first which he's... some of them are like <laughs> yeah. wood, but not all of them. Some of them are plaster. Yeah, he's and in the it's... next building, and, and they're shooting at him, and he's out of bullets. So he like jumps through the window, yes. and like blows through one of the like the brick support <laughs> column of of the thing they're standing on. Yeah. So that's already like there's already shades of like Fast and Furious in this. Yeah. You know? Like he's a super superhuman, and his his power is not using guns. Right. And. uh 
and people like go, oh, you know, the Rock's arm is broken in um, Fast Six, I think. And they're like, we gotta go. And he's like, all right. And he just smashes his cast like off of his arm. And he's like, let's go. <laughs> and people are like, what? Yeah, watch the rundown. <laughs> right. Um, it's weird because um, this was the screenplay is by two people. The story is from a guy named R.J. Stewart, and also he helped on the screenplay. Probably wrote the first draft. And I've never heard of this guy, and he's never really done anything. He used mm. to, I think he worked on, like, Xena for a, a, a while. Okay. So that might be where we get the action and the kind of comedic sensibilities. Sure. And now I think he's doing, like, a Xena porn parody. <laughs> so Whoa. Things are going great. Okay. And then the other guy is James Vanderbilt. Here are some movies that he has uh, written. Now, it says Zodiac, but I'm sure more than one person worked on Zodiac, Probably, right? yeah. Fact, let's just click over. We got the internet. <laughs> nope. Says him. Oh, okay. So he had one good movie in him. Yeah. Um... The Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh-huh. Independence Day Resurgence. Uh-oh. Uh, he's going to write the upcoming Scream 5. So. What? I know that not they're not all going to be winners, but where did this script come from? Yeah, right. You get the feeling a lot of it was improvisation, but. It couldn't completely have been. No. I mean, they, they, you at least have like like the main points and everything. Yeah. So. I, I really like the idea of, um, it's Heart of Darkness. Yeah. And they and they you know they do that they hit it a little hard at the end because Christopher Walken when he's being you know surrounded by the townspeople he's like I'm I'm the hot in your darkness <laughs> you know this doesn't work without me but they show us like the mine which you know it's CG but it's it's pretty good CG and it looks it's Boschian it, lo- it, it looks like hell yeah and of course yeah. we hit that on the nose too because he's like what do you see Mister Beck and he's like yeah, it looks like hell right and so. I, I like that idea of, you know, the story of an American, or com, well, I assume he's American, uh, colonizer coming in and, you know, doing something that he could have got away with in, you know, the 19, early 1900s, late 1800s. Yeah, But he's right. just trying to, he's just doing it now. Yeah. There's no international news agencies. Uh, I guess this is before Twitter, but nobody can send an email. Things are really bad here. Yeah, apparently not. Well, I don't think any of the, the people who worked in the mines had. It'd probably be a government mine now. Bolsonaro would be running it. Yeah, well. But anyway, so I just I like that kind of political aspect. It's really underdeveloped. We see Ernie Reyes Jr. Uh, as the leader of the um, the rebels. You know, doing. Uh, Hey, Kansas City, you know, they're trying to fight the rock and everything. Yeah, right. So we get a real sense of what the struggle is uh, <laughs> right before they're all killed. Um, uh... <clears throat> there's, uh, oh, I remember what I was going to say. The broken nose guy. Yeah. Starts tooting on a harmonica as we're waiting for yes! the uh, the final showdown to happen. So random. But it, I think it fits because it's, I don't know, it's just a weird character thing and it yeah. sort of cuts the silence and then... Declan comes in and yes. he's blowing on bagpipes. True. And so it's like, you've got your harmonica, I've got my bagpipes. You know, right. the, the righteousness of God is behind us. Let's talk about Declan. Let's. Played by Ewan Bremmer. Yep. Who, what's he doing now? I don't know. Was he in Train Spotting 2? Oh, that's a good. <laughs> See, the thing, I waited so long for Train Spotting 2 that I never saw it when it came I out. I know. I'm in the same sucked. boat. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's great and he should be in more stuff. He but should. Do, do, does the screenwriter. Or Peter Berg know what Scotland is <laughs> because right. his character, it, yeah. the actor, is Scottish. In yes. fact, that's maybe we don't need Scottish people right now because that's he just plays a Scottish. He's played Scottish when he plays in roles. Yeah, but his name is Declan, which is an Irish name. Uh-huh. There's a four leaf clover on his plane, right? And one Definitely of those uh, oval stickers for Ireland, like on his uh, fridge at his shack. Yeah, he's got a kilt on and he's playing pipes when he shows up at the end. Scottish. Scottish kilt. Uh, Irish have have pipes. Do you they? Just, you just don't hear about it as much. Okay. But yeah. And he quotes Dylan Thomas, who's Welsh. Yeah. So does Peter Berg know that the United Kingdom is a united group of kingdoms? Yeah, I don't know that that's clear <laughs> to he, them. Does he get what um, Great Britain is? Yes. They, he apparently forgot to throw England in there somewhere. Well, um, I mean, he's got an so, accent. Yeah, well. So I just thought that was kind of weird. I like the character. Again, yeah. it's a character who, small part, but just a lot of depth just to that small part. I like the heat when he comes in at the climactic scene at the end that he's playing the bagpipes and he's supposed to be the distraction. Also, he's religious. Yeah. But, but he seemed like kind of like evangelical and hellfiery. So he's a Protestant, right? Irish guy, right? <laughs> so it was, is that mainland Ireland or is that Northern Ireland? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, 
I thought it was a little strange. I mean, maybe this is just supposed to be funny. So they're they're about to fight or they are fighting and he sits down and gets a beer like served to him. Yeah. Um okay, that's fine, but then like during the midst of the fight, he sits there and drinks that beer. Doesn't need not need to take cover, you know, well, yeah, at, at all <laughs> and like doesn't help with the fighting at all even in a maybe a non-violent way. I don't know how he feels about violence. So I don't know. It's a cartoon. I, just, I, I know. It's I thought it was. I thought it was a little strange. The, the um, whole movie's a cartoon. It is, and, and I did like Christopher Walken being Christopher Walken, and, and yeah, you know, yeah. Um, my horror. That was for great. That beauty. Um, I'm the hot in the darkness. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't like Peter Berg. We've talked about this, but it's. I liked the, the visual style and pacing of this film as mm-hmm. well. Um, I think it would both at the time and probably now. Uh, get criticized for being too too cutty, that MTV style, and yeah. you told on yourself, film critic, you're clearly over fifty five because mm-hmm. who says MTV, that MTV style of cutting? Right. What are you talking about? Yeah, I say that. Um, <laughs> but I but I liked it, and I, and I liked the Beck vision too because Beck is a smart guy. He yeah. doesn't like his job, but he's good at it, and so he comes into a situation like when. Um, uh, Christopher Walken, you know, he first meets him and he's like, ah, oh, come in, Mr. Becker. And the door from the cabin that he was in opens and he's looking at him, but he's also looking behind him to the row of guns. And so he sees, yeah. suddenly we see like just flat, straight shots of like AK-47, you know, calibers. Doo, 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 and he's like, okay, these guys got a lot of firepower. Or like in the final shootout when he's trying to decide whether to use the guns and he looks around and we see like a, you know, a guy extreme close up on his face you know next to the muzzle of his gun and he smiles and he's got the gold teeth and then he shoots and the camera follows the bullet out yeah. and then sort of turns around and it hits the bus and yeah and that's that was pretty cool I like that too um, and I think that that was that was really a neat way of doing visual storytelling through the lens of like seeing what he's seeing and taking it in and, and like uh, assessing the information you know kind of like they did that a little bit too in the in the beginning when he's in the club and he's about to approach the yeah, guy, yeah. right? With yeah. like the players and he like focused in on them and it was like their all their info, like they were they were like they were football players in a in a game. Here yeah. are their stats, you know. Would you recommend this? I thought it was fun. Yeah, why the hell not? Um I I, I wish that it got you know, people say like um that something should get its fair due or or something that's underrated. This is underrated because nobody remembers it, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to get on, yeah, to, to find, you yeah, know, yeah, on yeah. Like a streaming service, yeah. So yeah, um, I don't think that you will have wasted your evening if you uh, try to track this movie down. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, some real prime Sean William Scott right there. What happened with him? Where is he now? From Minnesota. I know he is. Uh, I'll talk about it later. Uh, uh, you ready to do this, baby? <laughs> Ready to talk about my film? I sure am, Sam. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're going to talk about Wild at Heart, yes. a David Lynch movie from 1990, starring Nicolas Cage, Laura Dern, Willem Dafoe, and the entire cast of Twin Peaks. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I challenge. Well, Joan Chen. There are there are people who are, who are in Twin Peaks who are not in this, but there are a Peggy lot of people Lipton. from Twin Peaks. Right, yeah. Certainly not everybody, but, yeah, no. but like a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot. Yes. Uh, what happens in Wild at Heart? Um, so basically, the, the very first scene, um, a guy uh, approaches Nicolas Cage at oh, a, no, no, some a sort of a, event. No, no. no? Uh, Nicholas Cage is thrown in jail for um, manslaughter. We fast forward uh, to several years later, uh, and um, twenty-two he, months. Y- uh, oh yeah, twenty-two it's months. Important because um, she was eighteen when they were dating. Yeah, so. right. I know. <laughs> so you gotta uh, get careful with the, da- he's, with the so he, timekeeping. He's he's dating uh, Laura Dern, who's uh, Lula, and his name is Sailor. Sailor Riley. Yeah, right. I, um, I first thought her name was Luna, and I was like, come on. That would be weird. Come on. That would be weird. Um, and so him and Lula, uh, she picks him up, I think, directly from jail. And they pick up right where, uh, much to her mother's chagrin, right where they left off. And her mother does not like him, like, at so all. So much so that she 
hires hires somebody, somebody to kill him. To kill him. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, and we we later learn that like she had kind of like thrown herself at him. Yes. But um, and uh, anyways, um, so they kind of like go on this road trip, and he um, uh, what's the word? He, he's on parole, and he um um violates it. Uh, they're going to California. Yeah, they're going to California, and they are um, right in between the Carolinas we got by Cape Fear. Right. So we're uh, still in Cape Fear. Yeah. So crazy things happen. Yeah. Okay, the end. Well, we got a lot to talk about. I know we can't, we, we can't do another one of these 20-minute uh, recaps. Um, like you tried to do with it. Did you just start telling us what happens in the rundown? <laughs> like somebody's one. mom who saw a movie she no. liked. <laughs> and then there's this one part where he comes in to the bar and... Look, there were just a lot of stuff that happened <laughs> yeah, in fine. a row, okay? All right. Uh, this movie, uh, I, I think in retrospect, uh, although its Rotten Tomato score is still not very high, Metacritic 51, 52, I think. Wow. Uh, it is being reevaluated, as you know, critics often do years after a film comes out. But at the time, mixed. We should do this on Craft of Services, if yeah. Craft of Services still existed. Um, Lynch said that 80 people walked out of the first test screening, 100 in the second. Whoa! It got the Palm Door. That's a lot. The Palm Door at Cannes. Wow! But the audiences hated it. Yeah, <laughs> hated it. Uh, and Diane Ladd was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Was that the the mom? Yes. Okay. And she should have been. She yeah. was great. She was fantastic. Um, other than that, it is, it's weird, and <laughs> well, it's freaking there's David a huge, Lynch. Well, yeah. there's a huge backstory to it, uh, which I don't know. Because I just saw this tonight. Yeah. Um, oh, call yourself a David Lynch fan. Okay. All right. Calm down. Yeah. You know, you don't... The thing about David Lynch and a lot of my favorite filmmakers is they made a lot of films. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So once you've seen them all, the advent calendar, no more chocolate. Yeah, right. You know, you ate it all. Right. So sometimes I slow, slow play it a little bit. Sure. And, you know, as far as like... David Lynch masterpieces. This is not thought of as one. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So I so I put it off. Yeah. You ever get that thing where everyone you see is your new favorite? <laughs> I think this is my new favorite. <laughs> really? This is awesome. Yeah, this movie it's, is incredible. It's, it's good. It's really good. It's so incredible. I remember at the time in 1990, I read a review of this film, uh-huh. and the reviewer was, I don't know, 1990 Star Tribune reviewer, probably whoever that was. Um, didn't like uh, how um, dirty it was. Like it is, like physical dirt or like sex. No, I mean like, <laughs> look, this movie and we violence. figured out. This movie's got poop, puke, yeah, well, blood, a lot of bodies, brains, yeah, maggots, uh, abortion aftermath, and pee. <laughs> Just pee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's you know it, it, it's gross it is very gross and he didn't like the close-up of the toilet or something like that which is the least of the gross things that happens in this film there's nothing in it but even it's, it's, it's just not a water. mistake that there's a toilet in it it's yeah you know, he's david lynch is trying to create a world of of grime he's trying yes. to show a noir but like the the dirty side of a noir mm-hmm. not just you know angels with shitty faces basically mm-hmm. write that down uh <laughs> And as we and we won't do the whole thing because we can't, but um, we have a um, we'll get to it at the end of the show mm-hmm. soon because it's coming up. Yep. Uh, we have a um, a what we call the uh, Bingos Lanthimos yes Yorgos Lanthimos Bingo Board. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have to do one for Lynch, yeah. Because I'll will. be pointing it out as we talk about the film, but there are just things that he wants to do and he's going to do, and I don't know if it's branding. Or he does, he's like Einstein in his suits. He doesn't care. But he loves that italicized sans serif font. Uh-huh. That's in all of his films. Yeah. Lost Highway. Right. Wild at Heart. Whatever. Twin Peaks. Whatever it's called. He wants block font. Yep. <laughs> a little italicization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he likes swing music. He loves swing music. I bet he He loves is... music in general. Oh, but definitely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, Ballad of Many did the music for this, obviously. But th- there's a lot of popular music in this as well. Yes. I bet he and D- Chris Isaac are buds. Don't you think? I would not be surprised in the least. Was Chris Isaac? He he acts, but he's not in this though. It would have been cool if he was. Did he? Had, did he ever? Was he ever in a Lynch? That's a great question. Film because you know, like, he would really fit in with that aesthetic. Oh no! Of course he was. He was in. Wait, uh, was he in uh, Fire with Walk with Me? Fire with Walk with yeah, Me. Yeah, he was the the first um, 
investigator. She's my mother's sister's girl. Yeah, right. Um, okay. Can right. I do the rest in uh, David Lynch? Yeah, if you must. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but this this is great. Yeah. And I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. It's so good. Oh my gosh. There's, um, there's, um, I learned, let's talk about David Lynch in general. Okay. Uh, the movie is, I don't know, it's great and it's really crazy. It's about 20 minutes too long. Uh, yeah, it's but like, I two would, hours but, but five would, you, would you cut anything out though? Would you cut the car crash scene out? What would you cut out? I was thinking, I might cut out the, the serial killers. Yeah. You know, um, Grace Sabrisky, uh, uh, Mrs. Palmer is in this and she plays like the, um, the thick shoed yes. uh, serial killer who is like, like if Harry Dean Stanton just disappeared, I probably would have been okay with that. Um, um I mean, I think it, it wasn't ne- totally necessary at the very end of the film. I understand why it's there, but I don't think it's totally necessary for him to sing the entirety of "Love Me Tender." Well, that, but I, I was going to say for him to walk away, get beat up by a gang, hit his head. Hit the see the the good see Cheryl Lee. Yeah, see Cheryl Lee, and then go back to her. I think we lost that. No, I mean, we no, might. No, you don't think no, so? No. Okay. No, All right. That's too good. All right. You you were. Uh, I don't know. I if I had known that it was going to end magically real like that with mm. the full culmination of the Wizard of Oz illusions. Yes. I would have said put more Wizard of Oz illusions in the film. I think there were. A ton, though. You say that, but, like, sure, they say, like, we're, trying, we're going down that yellow brick road, baby. Or, all right, that's, but you could say that in any they movie. They mention Emerald That doesn't City. end with literally Glinda the Good Witch showing up and a picture melting when it gets water on it. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, she sees the, the witch flying. I don't yes. know. I just felt like they're, you and could they have, they could have met a character. Too. Yeah, they call him a Tin Man or something um, like that. Why don't you do red... a full-on uh, uh, allegory, you know? Well, they more or less did. Yeah, I mean, she's she's, she's wearing together. Yeah, clipping yeah. her red heels Can we together. Talk, just we're just jumping around. Can we talk about her costumes or her uh, her uh, wardrobe in her, the film? Her outfits. What did David Lynch tell the costumer? If I see her in a shirt, you're fired. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Um, just like a little leather. I wouldn't even call it a bustier. It's like a bikini top, and then uh, she's wearing um. Like a, a red lacy unitard, and then she's got like lacy dress. This barely even a dress is probably more like of like a negligee. Yeah, it's uh, Fredericks of Hollywood. Yeah, Fredericks right. of West it's, Hollywood. That's who. It's it's a lot of lace and a lot of leather. Yeah. Um. Ooh. Uh, you want to sing a song? <laughs> I'll be. I'll be uh, no, you be Henley. I'll I... be uh, Stevie Nicks. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, she's great in this too. Um, she is. She's oh, that's that's probably when you're David Lynch. Have we talked about this? I don't know. David Lynch. This this is an expression you don't hear anymore. David Lynch loves women. I don't like. He loves. Women. I don't like that expression. No, that's that's what I, I, somebody's attorney says when they're <laughs> trying to defend uh, no. their client to the press. Um, but I think he really does. But. I think that he is really good to work for and with mm-hmm. because um, he, because he because people keep doing it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So part of me is like, I can't believe that he hasn't been Me Too'd yet. But because he def because look at the women that are in his films. There are, you you have to be gorgeous to be in a in a, a, a David Lynch film. Yeah, he definitely can't, he looks at the headshot before the resume. Yeah, I I, I think that that's definitely true, but I don't think. <laughs> I don't know i maybe as a david lynch fan myself i take it a little personally that you would say i can't believe he hasn't been me too yet because just because he i don't even want to use the phrase that you use just because he um <laughs> likes pretty actresses doesn't mean that he's handsy or abusive um, um they often go hand in hand not necessarily though i don't uh, want to assume you know when he was working on dune oh, this leads into another thing that i want to say so he was working on dune right mm-hmm. uh, that's where he met uh no, he picked Kyle MacLachlan. Was Dune before or after Blue Velvet? Doesn't matter. I, I don't know. They're the working order. on Dune together. Yeah. And speaking of somebody who, if he lived in America, would probably be me too. Dino De Laurentiis. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he couldn't say Kyle. He kept saying Kale. Hey, Kale. Oh no. So David Lynch picked that up, and now he just calls 
calls Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin, McLaughlin Kale. Kale. Okay, Kale, you stand over here. <laughs> oh he has nicknames for all of his actors. Okay, I can see that. I was watching a video on YouTube where they got um, Naomi Watts and um, the girl that's in this movie, whose name I just suddenly forgot for some Laura reason. Laura Dern? Laura Dern. Yeah. Uh, and uh, somebody else. Oh, uh, of course, uh, uh, Patricia Arquette. Oh, okay, sure. And they're just talking about their experiences with him, and they all, it's so funny, they all have their own impression of him. Um, Watts is perfect. It's better than mine. <laughs> and they've all, you know, talk about, like, the nicknames that he has for them. And stuff. So he's, he's great to work with. But, yeah. you know, a guy who's like, that's another thing that would be on our bingo square. There is definitely, in almost every Lynch movie, there is a woman who is not an actress. Yeah, yeah. He just went to, like, Hollywood Boulevard and, like, Want to be in a movie? Yeah. Actually, you don't even have to do that in Hollywood. Like, I'm sure, like, 90% of the people you see are just there to, you know, road test their new boob job. Yeah. And try to get into movies. Sure. And, like, when when he's... T- this is a weird scene, but, like, when Cage is telling Lula about uh, this girl that he, like, banged one time. Yeah, and yeah. And we don't know if it's true or not. It could just be... Because she seems to... This is, like, a game for them. Like, they turn each other on. So yeah, So maybe yeah. it's just a story he's telling. But that, like, actress is like... Have eat some peach. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> fair. Totally not an actress. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, with people like that in your movies, all your actions are beautiful. You've been married four times. <laughs> like, you know. I guess, I guess. Um, okay, okay, tidbit. We're ready for you. Oh my goodness. But that's uh, it's fine. Um, Nicholas Cage, of course, is great in this as well. Cage and Lynch. Yeah. Never again. Oh, really? I don't know. What, what other Lynch movies has he been in? I don't think he's been in any other ones. No. I don't know why. Um, I don't know if he fits. Oh, really? Well, this is a question I want to ask you. There are some... Usually, like, the main characters in a Lynch thing are um, crazy. <laughs> they have peccadillos. They have personalities. Then Lynch likes to populate the rest of the world with very... Actors and actresses, I'm sure. They're very more normal looking mm-hmm. actors and actresses so um like in um uh Mulholland Falls uh Mulholland Drive or, or there is a movie called Mulholland Falls it's okay. terrible Mulholland Drive where uh the assassin guy goes to kill the guy and then get his book or whatever and then he shoots like through the wall accidentally and hits yes. the lady in the yes <laughs> that lady's not she just looks like a lady now I'm sure yeah, she's yeah, a working yeah. actress but his his either him or his casting guy is like really good at picking these normal people yes Nick Cage is a movie star. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So does he does he work in this world? Does he fit in this world? Because Laura Dern is doing a thing where it's she's still because she's such a great actress, she's still uh, relatable and believable, and um, you want to root for her. But clearly, Lynch told her, "All right, in every scene, I want you to, people to see you like this with your you put your hands up on the top of your head. I know. And you go ooh, ooh. And whether you're crying, you're happy, or you're scared, or you're pooping, I want to see that. <laughs> That's like the character's touchstone. We just keep going back to like yeah. her doing this, you know, sort of pin-up yeah. sort of pose. Yeah. Just, the artificiality is, is crazy. And yes. Nick Cage, for all the crazy stuff he does, it's all honest. He doesn't have that remove, that alienation. Everything he does is like 100% commit town do you know what i mean yeah i guess i don't know if he maybe as the central character i don't know if he works in, in a lynch film i think as a central character i think he works nothing he he didn't do anything that like pulled me out of lynch's world uh-huh. in this um i mean i think he was weird and he did a lot of weird things and you yeah. know weird actions and said weird things but um but also reacted to weird things around him and i think no, I think he worked well. Okay. Um, that's just my opinion. Did you feel like this was a non-funny Raising Arizona? Oh, although man. this movie is very funny, and Raising Arizona, I wouldn't call a comedy necessarily, although it is also very funny. Um, Didn't it, it felt like, you know, he's he starts off, he's in prison, he gets out, and he's like, I, I want to do right by you, baby. And then he gets sucked into, like committing another crime and then I'm, he goes back to right. <laughs> I need to rewatch that movie because I saw it so many years ago. We were just missing and... um what's his name? Tex 
No, Tex Avery. What's I, his name? I, the big I, guy. I got nothing. Lord like I Hawks said, I need hell. to rewatch it. So how uh, um. we doing on time? <laughs> I got about fifteen minutes. We got to blow through this. Okay. I don't know else to say. Anything you can think of to say? Um, do it, but. Uh, that, like we said, music is very important to this film. Um, they go out dancing yes. uh, in between one of their many, many F sessions. Yes. And uh, some guy, like, you know, t- starts to dance with his girl. And then he's, and then he's like, You got to apologize to my girl. And the band stops. And he's like, You guys know this one? <laughs> they started singing back I know. Up for him. That was <laughs> great. Um, There's always some, like, low tier organized crime going on in the background yeah. of Lynch movies. There's always yeah. somebody who. You know, is a is a killer or assassin or something, but they don't. You know, they they got a suit, but not like a really nice car. Like Frank, Frank only wants ether. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. to you know, and his mommy, I guess. But right. you don't imagine that whatever their criminal enterprise is, is like going to the moon or anything like that. Like no, no. Yeah, but that's always an element to his uh, his films as well. Um, I want to mention Willem Dafoe real quick too. Oh, like, man. so he's got like third billing, and we don't see him till like. Probably more than halfway through the film, almost. Uh-huh. Um, and God, he's so slimy in this. Yeah. And you, you just, oh, you do not like him at all. He's got slick back hair, horrible teeth, and he's just little corn teeth, slimy baby corn teeth. and gross. And like, he's horrible to both Sailor and Lulu. Like, by oh my, my theory, he might not fit either, even though he is. You know, Cage is just being kind of a amped up version of the Nick Cage character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's going the he's going the whole way. Mm-hmm. But he's also totally when Jack Nance does something, you're like, oh, he's being playing an old, funny, weird character. You know, right. who's got a dog or whatever. But like Willem Dafoe just goes in 100. percent He just dives yeah. in. Right. Um, oh, Jesus is, has a ske- sketchy mustache. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he's so I don't know he's I don't know he I just want to see him in anything maybe to me I feel like this movie is like the least David Lynchy movies of of David Lynch movies that I've seen so far Mm. the story is fairly straightforward one of the things I love I love his cut when he cuts to like I don't know if he's done this in other films I guess I have to watch closer but like when she's talking about you know her father dying in the fire um, he shows us the character's thoughts and it's not just yeah i don't know what happened that night at the dance hall or whatever but he does and then we see a flashback where you know her mom pulls him into the bathroom stall or whatever Mm -hmm. we do have stuff like that but we also have like one scene or one shot flashbacks so she's you know ostensibly happy at the beginning of their journey but she's thinking about you know the hurts in her life and it cuts to that that shaky shot you know of the building burning and there's one part where I think it's when they're playing um, Wicked Game because they're in bed, but she talks about the night that her father died. And it cuts to, um, intermittently cuts to him, you know, rolling around the house when he's on fire. Yeah. And it's like we're, it's like another movie is pushing into the one we're watching because it isn't just Wicked Game is under the whole thing and then we kind of fade to that scene. We go to that scene. Like we're going, skipping to another part of the movie. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack stops. Yes. From where we were. Yeah. The sound, you know, the sound, uh, ambient sound and the soundtrack is now in that movie. And then as soon as we see whatever he wants us to see, then we slip back in. Wicked thing to do. And it's just like, it's just weird. It's not, it's not just a character having a reverie. It's, yeah. it's like chunks of that. It's like somebody fed, uh, fed the projector wrong, you know, or, or they cut everything up. Right. Uh, out of order. Well, I, I, it's not exactly the same, but it's similar. Like through, through, I know. Uh, throughout um, the the film, there were there were a couple of times where we would be focusing on Sailor and Lulu, and then we would go to her mom or Santos or whatever horrible things were going on with them, and we would cut back intermittently. And then again, the soundtrack would stick with the characters that we were with, and it did kind of feel like that similar to that in, in that it almost felt like it was two different films. It's like footnoting almost. Yeah, like because like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is what happened in the bathroom. Okay, right. Back to the scene. Right. Like, because, like, Sailor and Lulu are, they're, like, listening to music and they're kind of dancing goofy in the car and they're having a real good time. Her mom is, like, putting lipstick <laughs> yes. all over her face and, like, Becoming having a, a real freak out. Clairol clown. Yeah. yeah. And, like, <laughs> is trying to tell Santos to call the whole thing off. He's not listening. And, you know, it's really 
seriously beyond freaked out. So, yeah. I have a one moment I want to uh, point out, and then we're going to go do our bingo slanthimos here. And that okay. is, um, I don't think about, I think that very often David Lynch films are, are very funny, but it's a humor of situation and absurdity. And yeah. there aren't a lot of good bits or jokes. Sure. And there's a great joke that's just so perfectly. I wonder what it would be like if he did a straight comedy. I um, don't know. But they're in they're uh, they're in bed and they're smoking and they're talking about um, brands and when the first time they started smoking was mm-hmm. uh, Quentin Tarantino must have jerked off a million times in the scene. <laughs> and um, and she asks uh, Sailor when he first started smoking, and he says oh, I don't know, and he pauses and doesn't talk for a little while. Right, and it's because. He Lynch knows that the audience is they're into this ridiculous vibe. So we're we're kind of already putting a number together in our heads, you know, that we're waiting to hear. Yeah. And I thought it's going to be eight. I bet it's eight. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Because I guess it was about four. <laughs> <laughs> so it sets you up. It yeah. makes you do that little homework, and then it goes boom. It goes even farther down. Yeah. Which is yeah. A really great joke. No, it's good. Um, I don't know what else to say. Oh, Morgan Shepard is in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the late great Morgan Shepard, um, and he plays uh, Mr. Reindeer, one of another archetype in the village film, the eccentric man. Yeah. If right. it's a cowboy, He's super if it's just F and Robert Blake, the scariest yeah. thing in the world in your house. Yeah. Call me. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to call you. Yeah, call your wife. Um, yeah, it's uh, he's great. Um, the old lady from Happy Gilmore, who's also yeah. uh, was the old lady in uh, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, with the uh, kid or her nephew or whatever grandson. Crispin Glover is Crispin in this. Glover is that okay? So we were talking about what we'd cut. Oh boy, I don't want to cut Dave, but. Or, or Dale, but yeah, yeah. it has the least to do with anything. Yeah. She just starts telling this story about... Her her cousin. Her cousin who is, you know, not... Mentally delusional. unwell. Yeah, yeah. and he, he wants it to be Christmas all the time, and he freaks out when it's not Christmas, and he's cutting up sandwiches in the middle of the night, and yeah. puts a cockroach up his butt, and... Yeah. And it's like, is that Crispin Glitz? Crispin Glover? I know. This is my favorite David Lynch movie. <laughs> there are 25 squares. Only 24 of them are full because the uh, center square is free parking or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, here we go. Bingos Lanthimos for uh, Wild at Heart. Unsexy Sex. I think sex scenes are pretty hot. I think they're hot. So yeah. I don't think we can. Oh, uh... we are we keeping track? Oh. Uh, do you want me to just do a tally? Yeah, do a tally. Okay. Uh, wild so, at heart. Yeah. The, this movie's really gross uh, in a lot of places, but yeah, the sex, sex scenes work. Yeah, I think so. Um, stilted dialogue. I don't think so. I think all of Lynch's characters are all um, well-spoken for yeah, the most part. They, they might say crazy or horrible things, yeah, but, but they I they think they all say them well. Yeah, right. Uh, so, and that's true of all his films. Head trauma? Absolutely. That is a yes. Boy, Willem Dafoe goes out hard. <laughs> yeah, right. And the guy in the beginning too. Adults well. acting like children. I the think so. Dale. Yeah, right. Um, making up a game. I can't believe we got the t-shirts printed, and I'm still not happy with this. What this means exactly? Oh but. well. Uh, making up a game. Um. I mean, Dale does put. Oh, you know what? Dale's going to save us. I wanted to cut him, and he's going to save us on the Bingo's Lab the most board. Oh my gosh. He, uh, he puts uh, a cockroach up his butt. A cockroach his butt. That, that's a game. Okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> He's seen it, right? Uh, he t- he likes to think that it's Christmas all the time. So, uh, violent punishment. I mean, there's a lot of violence, but I, I don't th- think just off of that. But I don't know that there's a violent the gang punishment. You know that North Carolina Vato gang. Yeah, right. <laughs> by the uh, by the aqueduct. Yeah. You know that North Carolina aqueduct. Yeah. Uh, they kick the crap out of him for like no reason. Why well, he calls him uh, uh, homosexual slurs? But, yeah, right. Um, I'm gonna say that. Yeah, okay, all right. I'll put it down. Body horror. Yes, I, I think so. When Sherilyn Fenn is digging around in her head wound. Yeah. At the uh, car accident scene. Yeah. Which that I would cut that. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Sherilyn. Or uh, or what about the other like um, car accident scene we see later? And then there's just like I have I don't know what that was. That was so random, Someone's right? Explain that to me. Yeah. Inane discussions about material objects. There is all their pill, pill talk is the, the aforementioned cigarette brand 
Yeah, I guess. See yeah. Him. Plus, a lot of Lynch characters, you know, have weird fixations on. Yeah, things. that's true. Um, it's a blue rose. <laughs> Flat affect. All pretty animated characters. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, bribery. Yes. Um, in the very beginning of the film, uh, um, well, Laura, more... Laura Dern's mom gives money to a guy to try to murder, um, more like Nick hiring Cage. somebody. Oh, okay. All right. Bribing is specifically like, I'll give you some, it could this, be even like, if you do this, it could be right. sexual bribery. Yeah. I don't think there's anything think in there here. Is. You're right. Uh, awkward dancing, which call it, I would call it erotic. I don't know if I'd call it awkward. Well, it's not like good. Okay. What about when they're dancing in the Outside desert? The car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Misnaming things or people. I don't think so. Well, again, what's what's misnaming exactly? He calls her Peanut. Well, that I think is a very, but that's like a nickname. That's like a, you know. It is my game. I made it up. I said it's a nickname. Mark it down. Oh, wow. Um, you want me to mark it down? I'll yeah, mark it I down. Do. All right. Identity erasure. I don't really think so. No. Mm-mm. I don't think so. Although she does color her lipstick face up. Yeah, I know. But she seems to be relatively okay after that. So. Yeah. Self-mutilation. I don't think explicitly. I don't think anybody. Not explicitly. No. Inappropriate family interaction. Dead air. Huh? Dead I air. I don't think so. De- it's dead air. I, the air is dead. I don't think so. I'll, her mother has and her do not have a healthy relationship, yeah. but I don't think it's inappropriate necessarily. Oh, uh, no, you're wrong. What about Uncle Pooch? Mark it down. Not her uncle. She says that. He's right. not really her uncle. All right, but come on. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, American culture intrusion. This is all. This is definitely wrapped, a Yorgos, like all Lynch films are wrapped in, in Americana. Culture. Could he ever make it like a movie set in another country? I wonder. I think that would push be, yourself. Yeah, right. I don't want to. No, no. <laughs> my my films are about America. Care to elaborate? No. <laughs> you hate this one. Uh oh. Stickers. Any stick? There's a horse clock radio. There is there a any, horse clock radio. But are there any stickers? I don't think there's any stickers. I don't think so either. Predatory authority figures. Yes. Who? I mean, would you call the guy who's not her uncle an authority no. figure? Okay, fine. I'll take that one. There you go. <laughs> Sadism. Yeah. Yeah. Willem Dafoe uh, yeah. did not need to kill those guys in the feed store. No. Sexual fluidity. Not really. Men and men no, and women and women. I don't one. really think so. Yeah. Uh, performing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of singing in this. Pets. There's a horse clock radio. <laughs> I don't think there's any pets. No, no pets. Uh, bathing suits. No. No, I mean, you can almost argue that. No, they have to be bathing suits. Yeah, they can't no, be underwear. No. Even if that's your bathing suit. Yeah. And actors' heads cut on a shot? Absolutely not. I don't David think Lynch so. would never frame that way. Uh, so we got 11. Really? Yeah. I thought we did. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the, that's what I it is. More than that. Well, uh, look, every time we quote unquote fail, we just show how unique Bingo Slanthimos is as a film director. I don't think it, that that's <laughs> that bad. How many squares was it? Is it again? Out of 24. Oh, so. Okay. Okay. That's so it's less than half. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, we didn't even mention Isabella Rossellini and that's probably fine. She was in this, but um, it's okay. But they dubbed her, like you said. Like, at least in that I don't know one what was scene. Going. Maybe the sound was bad that uh, day. It was weird. And then there was one scene between all this craziness, right? And um, Willem Dafoe's got little chiclet teeth, and uh, yep. Nick Cage and Laura Dern are, are screwing like rabbits. And there's a one scene where Harry Dean Stanton is talking to Diane Ladd in this French restaurant, and he is, we don't really know who he is, but he's a fixer, I guess. And But they have a relationship, kind of, and, you know, they're kind of sweet on each other. And there's this. Scene that is nothing crazy happens. Nicholas Cage doesn't karate chop anybody. It's just a scene that kind of forwards the plot, but not really. It's just two characters talking about how worried they are about what's going on. Yes. And it's the best scene in the movie. Oh, you the think acting so? acting is so natural. And it's yeah. so, like, Diane Lane is so good. And Harry Dean Stanton is... He's great. And he, and he doesn't even, he's not like a character actor. He just does that. 
Yeah. But he's just so honest and good that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was my favorite scene. Wow. <laughs> it was the best acting. Yeah. Well, it it was really well done. I think you know, and like, I I liked too how he like. Um, he was a, afraid and concerned that Santos was involved and she lied and said, Oh no, I, why would do you think I would do that behind your back? And he believes her because he wants to believe yeah, her. Of course. Um, yeah. So I thought that was, yeah, that was really good. Uh, would you recommend it? Absolutely. Yes. Me too. I, I That's it was a double, really good. double cigarette recommendation. <laughs> From us. Oh my God. I like that scene when she tells him that she's pregnant and he's like, lights two cigarettes, but like he's going to give one to her, but then he just, he smokes, just keeps, them. I need two cigarettes for this one. And then we see him later because he's back in jail and he's smoking two cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, maybe again. he just does that now. Yeah. yeah, right. That's his thing now. Scary cowboys are, are a thing in Lynch's films too. Yeah. What, what, who are the people who were just kind of stalking him when they were at the hotel in, in Big Tuna? I, don't know. Yeah. I think they were. I think that there, there were just. What I got from that scene was that there, there were just a lot of weird people staying in that hotel who were kind of shady, but were not necessarily connected to each other. Yeah, and recognized that maybe he might be trouble or something like that. Yeah. And so then they were giving him the stare down. I don't know. That's the only thing I can I think, think of. David Lynch just likes scary cowboys. I think that that's true too. Also, they were in Texas, right? So, I mean, if you're going to have a scary cowboy, have him be, you know, somewhere Like the out scary west. cowboy in Mulholland Drive. Yeah, well. It's like, sometimes there's a cart. How many drivers does a cart have? <laughs> One. That's right. I know. So, if you can, if I drive, you can come along with me. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't <sighs> think I, like... You know, when we just re- we wa- rewatched that not that long ago for co videos, um, I don't think I breathed during that scene. I don't know. I kind of wanted to see Justin Thoreau get killed because he's Justin Thoreau. But... Well, I know he, he's kind of <laughs> he's a prick, um, but like you 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 feel like this guy is like in imminent danger here, and like you have no idea what this cowboy guy is gonna do. Yeah, you know what I mean. And maybe he's not really that threatening, but he just comes off that way. Well, he doesn't, you don't have to be big or have a gun or anything, but when you meet somebody or you make somebody meet you at night in a remote location, right? you act strangely. Yeah. The guy's like, oh boy, I'm scared. I'm scared <laughs> of this, this weird guy. Well, it's really good. Um, the, it, the first two thirds of it are my favorite David Lynch movie. I think the ending kind of falls apart and I definitely yeah. cut 10 minutes out of it, but the eagle flies on Friday. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> It's really good. You're and just we insert that into conversations are a now. Over time, but it was worth it to talk about these great, great movies. That's right. There I saw a video about when um Inland Empire came out, which is another mm-hmm. one that maybe we'll do for this because it's on my list. I no, actually I saw it, but I don't remember anything from it. Should and I it's maybe I'll put it on my Very weird list. and it's shot on okay. video and also has Justin Theroux in it, I think. Um and it was not um he he wanted to make a movie cheap. And he couldn't, he got it done, but he couldn't afford, like, to raise an Oscar campaign for mm. for Laura Dern. Because mm. um, she's the main character, and he thought she was good. Yeah. So instead he just got, instead he just went on, like, Sepulveda and uh, and some Hollywood or something, and in a, sat in a director's chair with a cow and a big, you know, poster board that said, uh, you know, vote for Laura Dern for Best Actress. That was his consider. Melissa Leo consider consider. Wow. And, and, and he would just talk. People come up and he just talk to him and be like, "Yeah, I'm I'm doing this because I can't afford an Oscar campaign, but you should see Inland Empire because Laura Dern is the best." So it's actually kind of sweet. He's, yeah, I think he's a real nice guy. Um, all right. Well, that's it. Uh, we'll be back sometime soon to do this all over again. Yes. And until then, we're signing off, and we don't have a sign-off. No, we don't have an no intro, intro. No, no sign-off. Sign off. That's our deal. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Wear a mask. I got a